Washington Football Nation, man, what's good? Coming off of a huge win for the Washington football team. Um, last night was crazy. Went to my favorite sports bar with my guy, fellow Washington fan that I've had on the show uh, several times. And um, we watched this game. Really didn't even know what to expect. But I can tell you guys this. During the game, I was upset. I was upset. Matter of fact, I want to run through my timeline on Twitter on how this went. Like, I was mad the entire time. And, um, you know, the defense was looking bad. And I said that if we can target Terry McLaurin 15 times, that gives us a huge chance to win the game. He was targeted 14 times. You know what I'm saying? 11 uh, receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. I predicted for that game 10 receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. The only reason why I said 89 yards was because on my show I said over-under, and I said Terry under 92 yards. That's the only reason I said 89, but I had a, a, a feeling that he can possibly reach 100 yards. And, he look, he had a great game. He got me 27 points in fantasy, but fantasy really doesn't matter when you're talking about wins and losses for the Washington football team. So I'm going to share my screen, and um, we'll go from there. But, uh, man, I'm just so excited for this game. Daniel Jones is our father. I don't care what anybody to say. Daniel Jones is the father of the Washington football team. And you guys can see that we have never beaten Daniel Jones, okay? We, are, we have never beaten this guy. This guy just continues to win. That's all he continues to do. He just wins, 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 wins. So, yes, Daniel Jones is our father, and I'm glad that we were able to beat him. Daniel Jones is pretty much like Yoda. You know what I'm saying? We cannot beat this guy for whatever the reason is, and we finally did it. A lot of quarterbacks have tried, but Taylor Heineke has done something that no other man can do, and that's beat the Giants. That's beat Daniel Jones. So an exciting game. But I want to kind of give you guys my timeline, what I was talking about, what I was saying while this game was going on. So I'm going to scroll all the way down towards game time because I was saying all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty mad yesterday. Um, I mean, we had <laughs> we had good moments. We had bad moments. Uh, let me keep scrolling down. All right, so here's this is me headed to the game. You know what I'm saying? No smile. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to head to the uh, sports bar, watch the game. Folks was digging my hat and all that. It's, it's pretty much the same hat I wear when I do my streams. Uh, I love this hat, my favorite hat. Uh, Hawk, man, what's good, man? Yes. The legend of Taylor Heineke is here. We're going to run this post-game show. Um, Hawk says, a Heineken done helped brothers get a win once against. Yeah, look, Taylor Heineke has done something that we haven't seen many quarterbacks do. You know what I'm saying? We've struggled with you know having healthy quarterbacks, and I'm glad that we were able to get this win. Uh, so last night, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Everybody made their predictions. And Steve Smith said that the Giants would win this game. Colleen picked us. Joe picked us. Uh, Michael picked us, right? But if you listen to the post-game show at the end, Steve was saying a lot of good things about the football team. But, you know, it just is what it is, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm glad that Steve didn't pick us. So that way, you know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. So everybody picked us. But uh, Steve 
What up, man? I got my guy Meese joining the stream, man. Appreciate you hopping on, man. This is an improv two post game show for the back row Redskins show. I just wanted to go ahead and do this now, and whatever that I don't get to will be on the audio version. So the audio version might get the same thing as the stream version, but if I don't get through everything on the stream version, the rest will be on the audio. So you guys look out for that. Um, let me scroll up some more. So yesterday I did something crazy in my Superflex League. I started Taylor Heineke exactly two minutes before kickoff. You see the time on my phone says two, uh, it says 7.20. I made this change at 7.28. The game comes on exactly at 7.20. So I made this change 7.18 uh, and I put Taylor Heineke in. I was like, YOLO. I benched Saquon Barkley. Obviously, you know what I'm saying? For two reasons. I don't want to I don't want to start Saquon Barkley versus us. And then at the same time, I just knew that Saquon was hurt. So I went with Taylor Heineke in my fantasy team, and he got me 33 points in my fantasy league. So I was excited about that. I was so excited about that. All right, so moving on, moving on. So I started Taylor Heineke. He did really, really good for me. I'm super excited that I was able to get a, a, a big jump on the guy that I was playing. I didn't want to play Derek Carr versus Pittsburgh. So Taylor Heineke it has been a legend in more ways than one. Nobody in any of my leagues started Taylor Heineke. So I did it. It was something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Had the five wings, the fries. I mean, it was just a vibe last night, man. Had a blast. And this is me with my first tweet. I said, the defense sucks. When Daniel Jones started to move the ball and he was doing various different things, I was like, you know what, man? Here we come again. Daniel Jones is about to come out here and do what he does and destroy the football team. So I was getting on the defense. The defense was horrible. Uh, Brandon says the crowd noise was insane during the last few minutes of the game. Absolutely. Crowd noise was key. Uh, we were able to get these guys on penalties and penalties and penalties. Um, it was amazing. It was amazing. A uh, hawk says uh, Heineke played. <laughs> he played his Heineken off. <laughs> uh, hawk also says. Side note: the wings are good, bro. The wings were amazing. It was just an amazing time, amazing win. Being in my favorite sports bar in I haven't been in two years because of Corona and all this stuff. So I was able to be in a sports bar and be in the midst of other fans. Since I can't be at the game with the guys that live in the DMV. Best I can do is go to Nashville, call all the Washington fans that I know to come out and watch the game. Um, my guy, uh, B. Uh, Oak Cliff, Texas, Craig, he says Redskins and Lakers. Yes, that's how I rock. Redskins and Lakers all day long. Um, Hawk says the defense let the hood manny out. Bro, <laughs> hey, man, look. When you guys, when I go through my tweets, man, you guys are going to see how, like, how upset I was. All right. So I predicted my stats for Terry McLaurin. Somebody says, what do you guys think the stat line is going to be? I said, like I said earlier in the stream, I said 10 receptions, 89 yards, one touchdown. I only said the 89 yards because I had my over under and I said under 92. That's the only reason why I'm sticking with 89. But obviously I was very close. I was very close. I think I was about maybe 18 yards off, it's not bad. And one reception off, not bad, not a bad prediction. So this guy, um, King HTTR on Twitter says, two receptions, 39 yards, one rush, five uh, yards. So the minute 
Literally, the minute that Terry McLaurin scored that touchdown, I hit him with the SpongeBob meme. I hit him with the SpongeBob meme. He deserved it. He deserved it. SpongeBob memes all around. That's what he deserved. So, uh, <laughs> so my guy was like, Terry McLaurin is that dude. I said, my guy. I was just hyped. Uh, so we talk about Jonathan Allen, who received a four-year, $72 million contract. You know what I'm saying? He now has three sacks in his first six quarters of the season. Three sacks. Not one, not two, but three sacks. So Jonathan Allen is showing that he's worth every single penny. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Um, Hawk says, uh, Chase Young has been a non-factor these first two games when it comes to generating pressure. I'm going to get you on that. I knew somebody was going to say this. I knew somebody was going to say something about Chase Young. I'm going to get you on this. But let me finish going through my timeline real quick. I'm going to get you on this. I'm going to get you on Chase Young in one second. So I, I was like, Washington is balling. I said, okay, Bostic. Bostic had a nice uh, tackle. I said, okay, wow. Okay, these refs are trash. I mean, so many penalties. You even see Matthew Barry out here just frustrated. We all were frustrated. Like, I'm eating. The only thing that makes this night not so bad is that I'm eating my wings. I'm eating my fries. I'm, I'm drinking my water. And I'm mad, but at least I'm eating. <laughs> at least I'm eating. You know what I'm saying? So, um Play on Bostic. He said he had a he had a uh, this a disruptive play. I said yes, he's balling. Me agreeing. Um, Colts being on. We don't care about the Colts right now. So William Jackson the third gets burnt. He gets burnt. So I put up a little you know GIF a toast. Yeah, he was toast. William Jackson the third was toast. Wolf Fuller was getting toasted. Was it Wolf? Kendall Fuller was getting toasted. You know, I'm like, <laughs> this is my tweet on William Jackson the third. Like, you know, he loves to tell. I'm like, he was just so bad. He was so bad. And, you know, somebody says, I hate to say it, uh, other than Jonathan Allen and Cam Crow, this defense has not been very good. And I agree. That's what Luke said yesterday. And I said, look, I agree. I mean, the defense has been bad. The defense has been next to nothing. You know what I'm saying? Samuel Cosme was getting destroyed daily, daily, like every single play. I said, I'm praying for Samuel Cosme daily. This is just me having fun with this thing. I got to have fun with this thing because the ups and downs of this game was just crazy. So for me, all I can do is tweet and have a good time while I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing. So Dustin Hopkins hit a 49-yarder. To me, Dustin Hopkins is good inside of 43. He's terrible outside of 43. So, you know, I got to give Dustin Hopkins props when he does something good. Obviously, he almost cost us that game, but the good thing was we were able to win it. Holcomb almost had a one-handed interception yesterday that had me hyped, so I had to post a Odell Beckham one-handed catch because it was going to be something similar to that. The defense looked so gassed yesterday. You know, I had to use this GIF. You know what I'm saying? And my guy Kevin was like, elite GIF use, LOL. I'm disgusted uh, right now. Like, we all were mad at this defense. They looked washed. They looked gassed. They looked terrible. The whole defense, including the, the defensive line. They were getting pressure. The next thing you know, they're not getting pressure. So at the end of the day, it's like, what is your purpose in life if you can't get pressure? We we brought these guys in, and you hear this thing about the four first-rounders, four first-rounders, blah, blah. We don't care about that. What we care about is production. We care about production. So 
you know, uh, Chase Young and, and uh, uh, Jonathan Allen had a team meeting and they were saying that, you know what, this defensive line is going to come out and produce. They're going to come out and give a better effort. The good thing is when they played Justin Herbert, there was, they were, there was not enough pressure, okay? So there's no pressure on, on Justin Herbert. There was more pressure on Daniel Jones. But what Daniel Jones did do versus us was kill us with that, handing the ball off, you know, snatching it back and taking off. Daniel Jones was running all over the field. He was running all over the field, and we had no answer for it. And what scares me is that Jonathan, uh, uh, Josh Allen is coming next weekend. I mean, well, we're going over there, but <laughs> that's who we play next. So it's, 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 it's going to be crazy. My boy, Washington Sports Gang, says um, the defense needs to step up. And this is like, you know, an hour into the game. And I'm like, yup, it's now or never because – at this point, it's like the offense had to save us because the defense couldn't. Usually, it's the defense that's doing its job, holding us, holding us down. This time, it was a reversal. It was a reversal. The offense had to be the ones to bail the defense out because the defense was so bad. Matter of fact, I didn't even want to see the defense on the field. I wanted to see the offense on the field because the defense just couldn't get any momentum. They had four sacks. Will Fuller came in. I keep saying Will Fuller. Kendall Fuller came in. Got a sack. That was the best thing he did all night. He had a few tackles here and there, but he was getting burnt all night. You know, he's become a liability on defense. John Bostic, liability on defense. The middle of the field was wide open. I mean, I'm going to show you guys a play where Chase Young got chip blocked and Chase Young was just knocked out of the whole entire equation. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it was crazy. I'm like, the pass defense is poop. That's how bad this was, you know? Uh, uh, my guy, Washington Football Declassifies Podcast says, if I'm the Giants, I'm going to keep running Daniel Jones every single play. It's been their best play, and we can't stop it. I said, we can't stop anything. It doesn't matter what they run. We can't stop anything. We can even stop Gano from making field goals. This guy was making 55-yard field goals, and that was what impacted some of the some of the, the decisions that we made. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like the Giants had some magnificent, awesome game plan. Okay, I know this is a victory podcast, but look, I gotta get all this stuff off my chest. Oh man, we got my guy Roger Smith in the building, man. Appreciate you hopping on the stream. He says the defense is not playing well at all. The defense has been playing terrible. Hawk also says our secondary is looking suspect as well, man. Our secondary is looking even worse. They're looking even worse than the linebackers. You can you can debate right now that the that the secondary is worse than the linebackers. And the linebackers are the poorest part of the defense. But it's debatable. You can also say that the defensive line is worth the whole entire defense. Everybody on that defense as a whole, it's 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 terrible. It's terrible. And I'm afraid that when, once we play Buffalo, they're going to be able to exploit us in some certain different ways. But I've also said that with the lack of preseason and whatever, it's going to take two to three weeks for everybody to jail. And once we jail, we're going to be able to, you know, do some things and put some things together. As of right now, defense looks bad. It looks bad. Like, free safety help is not there. Who is the free safety? You're not going to get away with having Cameron Curl and Landon Collins on the field at the same time. Like, that's not going to work. You're going to need some Bobby McCain. You're going to need a safety, a free safety out there at all times. If not, it can get really, really ugly, especially versus teams that actually pass the ball, like a Buffalo, okay? It says, um, 
Brandon says, I agree. I feel uh, I feel it falls on Del Rio for cons for constantly playing zone. Yeah, the zone isn't working. The zone isn't working. There were times when I said, okay, you've tried the zone. It's not working, right? Daniel Jones is running on the zone. He's passing on the zone. You've tried, man. People get burnt. Uh, uh, the solution might have been just blitz. Blitz, because if you can't cover anybody, then you might as well be sending four to five or six people out on Daniel Jones every single time. If he's going to complete a pass, at least make it tough for him to make those passes. We were bailed out so many times yesterday where Galladay had butterfingers. You know what I'm saying? Shepard had butterfingers on that touchdown catch. He should have had that. The game is over at that point. So we got so many lucky breaks. But one thing that I can say is that sometimes certain things happen to help us win or to teach you how to win. These are games that we would have lost in the past. So sometimes you got to learn how to win, whether it's, it's, it's good, bad, ugly. doesn't really matter. A win is a win. But we still got to talk about what's going wrong. Uh, Hawk says, last night a record was broken on us. I'm curious how often we lose when the opposing team is on the verge of breaking records. That's this. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. A lot of times when these records are broken on us, we we lose. This was a game that we were supposed to lose so many times. You know what I'm saying? But hey, I was happy to get this win. It says 46 pass attempts is not sustainable, especially when the weather changes. I can't stand Scott Turner's offensive approach. Balance is needed, especially when you're getting 4.4 yards per carry. Yes, I don't know why they, they don't believe in Gibson as much as me and Roger Smith believe in Gibson. Uh, gotta get Jared Patterson the ball. Like, we gotta run the ball more than we pass the ball. That's the whole point. And when we have a lead, why do you pass when we have the lead? Is it the is it that Scott Turner was afraid that he gave Gibson the ball last time in that same situation and Gibson fumbled? But this time you want to pass the ball in this type of situation. If anything, do a design quarterback run. I'm just saying, it's just certain things that Scott Turner does, like we don't really understand. We don't really understand. Brandon says you can't really generate pressure playing zone. You really can't. You can't. There's no, you really can't. You, you I mean, the zone has not been successful at all. You're, you are dependent on your four guys being better than their five guys. And even though they had injuries, you saw that the Giants' offensive line got better and better and better and got to jail in that fourth quarter. Uh, Roger says they need to call up Jeremy Reeves at free safety so he can play man, so so that we can play man uh, with him and Curl as a safety. You can also blitz also. Absolutely. And, look, I'm okay with blitzing corners. I'm okay with blitzing defensive backs. I'm okay with mixing it up. I haven't seen any – Blitz packages with the linebackers. Like, did y'all see any blitz packages with the linebacker last night? I don't know. So, we got to do something. We got to shake it up. We got to mix it up. We, we we can't continue to be predictable. My boy Turbo Turbo Warrior twenty three. Appreciate you hopping on the stream. It says it feels like the loss of Ronald Darby has been pretty noticeable. Corners are getting burned back to back weeks. I agree. And third down defense was not good. It wasn't good. It was better. But it wasn't good this week. So that was another thing I was looking at. I just kept looking at different stuff. I'm like, did we learn from our mistakes last week to this week? The good thing is we had what? We turned over the ball one time. We almost had a mistake-free game. Without that play call by Scott Turner and without 
Heineke making that pass. Heineke played a perfect game. We're going to get to Heineke. We're going to get to Heineke in a minute. So I'm like, man, I'll pass rush things. I'm agreeing with everything. Then I start to get excited when things start to happen. Terry scores. I'm like, let's go. Uh, uh, first stop of the night. Did you guys know that – I don't even think that the Giants – I mean, that the Giants punted the ball one time. I don't think the Giants punted the ball one time. Let that sink in. The Giants did not punt the ball not one time. Not only was I watching the game and didn't realize it then, when I look at the box score, I see that DeAndre Carter did not receive a punt, which means that they didn't punt the ball not one time. That's terrible. That's the biggest thing that I, I got from our defense was that we were not able to force these guys to punt not one time. Kick, kicked a lot of field goals. Okay, cool. Defense is holding them from scoring touchdowns. Okay, cool. But for you not to allow a team to punt the ball not one time, that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, so let me keep let me keep scrolling. Let me see if there's anything else that I missed, man. Uh, you know, after the win, after the fact, everybody's now excited. We got the win, and you know, my tweets just started to change a little bit, but I did want to call this guy out on my show. Um, <laughs> so this guy pretty much changed his tweet. You know, I guess all I guess only certain people can now reply, but either way, he says, just remember who warned y'all about all summer about uh Terry being taken too high. So pretty much this is a fantasy tweet. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a big fantasy guy. But this guy said that Terry McLaurin was being selected too high in fantasy drafts. And he said this right before the game. So you wait for Fitzpatrick to get hurt for you to start saying something that you've been saying all summer. After Terry goes off in this game, I go back to this same tweet. And I hit him with the SpongeBob GIF. He deserved it. He deserved it. And when you look at his quoted tweets, it was after the fact. Now, now, now you got folks cl clowning him. You know what I'm saying? Because he was just talking reckless. <laughs> Terry McLaurin is as elite as it comes. And what Terry is showing you, I think once I posted this thing on my Twitter, everybody else started, you know, lighting, lighting this guy up. Oh, no. Oh, no. They hit him with this. Oh man. Oh man, that's this is bad. <laughs> I feel like I started this. Oops. My fault. But yeah, you mess with my guy, you're messing with me. You know what I'm saying? Don't come talking about Terry when Terry has had 10 quarterback changes. 10 quarterback changes and he continues to produce. That needs to tell you that hey, this guy is an elite level performer. He's an elite level player playing with mediocre quarterback play, terrible quarterback play, no quarterback play, and he continues to produce numbers, either 1,000 yards or almost 1,000 yards in both seasons. And now this year he's on pace for 1,400 yards, which is what I, what I, what I predicted. So let me see what Turbo says. The Giants punted once at the very end. I believe you're right. So he, So – it was probably one of those things where they punted and he called a fair catch. You're right. You're right. You're right. They punted one time. 
you are absolutely right. And I think that's when I tweeted, we finally got to stop. I think that was like the first stop that the, the whole defense had. That was the first time the team had to stop. You are absolutely right. With four minutes left, they did punt the ball. And it was, uh, yes, yes, yes. You are absolutely right about that. It says, uh, Hawk says, the league has been warned about Scary Terry. Absolutely. He is going to, he's going to ball out this year. Brandon talks about Antonio Gibson off to a slow start. In real life, he's off to a great start. He is off to a great start right now in real life. If you look at his yardage per game or even his yards right now, he's projected for, I think, 12, 1,300 yards, maybe even more. The thing is, if you're talking about Antonio Gibson fantasy-wise, yeah, fantasy owners are not happy with Antonio Gibson right now because if you guys remember, Antonio Gibson had 11 touchdowns last year, so he's touchdown dependent when it comes to fantasy football. But in real life, Antonio Gibson is doing just fine as of right now. Needs more touchdowns, needs more carries, needs more receptions. But here's the interesting transition with Antonio Gibson and what happened yesterday. J.D. McKissick has become the better blocker. He's the better blocker. So on third downs, hurry-ups, you're going to see J.D. McKissick. So that's also going to hurt Antonio Gibson's stock. Also, when you need that tough yard, he has not shown us that he can just run up in there and get that fourth and one. I'm not convinced. Taylor Heineken had to get that fourth down yesterday. You need Antonio Gibson to be tough and, and hit those holes and, 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 and push that line. So it's – Certain different things that's in Antonio Gibson's game that's going to take some time to get to where it needs to be for him to be a three down back. Right now, he's not it. He's not there. He's not there. But in terms of yardage, Antonio Gibson is doing just fine. So, Roger, he says, um, he says, <clears throat> put, Kendall Fuller, put Kendall Fuller at free safety, St. Juice and William Jackson III on the boundary, and Matt Tyre in a slot with Cam Curl as strong safety. I like that. Hopefully, you've contacted Jack Del Rio to let him know. We got to do something different because whatever we're doing right now is not working. Hawk says, Manny, please call out Nick Wright for dismissing Scary Terry as an elite wide receiver. Absolutely. I've called out Nick Wright several times, but Nick Wright doesn't know what he's talking about. Nick Wright just talks just to talk. You know what I'm saying? There's people that, that know what they're talking about, and there's people that just talk just to talk. Sometimes I talk just to talk, but guess what? Nick Wright definitely does not really know what he's talking about. I mean, how much more elite can you get? Like, you, you look at Allen Robinson. He's the perfect example. Allen Robinson has played with a lot of quarterbacks, but he continues to produce. That's elite. Terry continues to produce with whoever that's at quarterback. Just imagine what happens when Terry gets an elite or – Good, not even average, good quarterback. Just imagine the level of production that Terry is going to be able to receive. Me says the run game has been non-effective. The run game has been effective. Scott Turner has been non-effective. The run game has been working. He just doesn't run it enough. If you look at what we did versus the Chargers, why is it that Antonio Gibson didn't get more carries? 4.5 per carry is beautiful. It doesn't get no better than that. So run game run game is working. Scott Turner's not working. I don't know what Scott Turner's doing. This is JD in his first game, one target, second game, career high in receiving yards. 
Uh, what's his usage going forward? So as for J.D. McKissick, <laughs> with Taylor Heineke, you're going to see a lot of J.D. McKissick. That's what I was saying when we had Fitzpatrick. I said, I don't know the Fitzpatrick and running backs dynamic. It's like Fitzpatrick has, historically hasn't been the quarterback that hits the running backs. That That's not Fitzpatrick. But with Taylor Heineke and the way that his style of play, he's running, he's scrambling, you're going to see a lot of screens to the running back. So J.D. McKissick has now become a asset, not only just in real life, but also in fantasy football. We're going to see the J.D. McKissick that we saw last year now moving forward with Taylor Heineke. So I'm excited for that dynamic. He's like, you saw him, you saw J.D. McKissick split out wide. They made J.D. McKissick pretty much a wide receiver. And on that route where he ran in, came back in, they threw him that ball, and he just took off. J.D. McKissick had the best game that I've ever seen him play. And you're going to see more of this. You're going to see more of this. And if you also remember, if my memory serves me correct, I believe that there was a pass in the regular season that was into the end zone, and I believe it was Taylor Heineke to J.D. McKissick. Somebody go look that up. I might be wrong, but I, I remember a Taylor Heineke play last year, I think maybe versus Carolina, where Taylor Heineke threw the ball to J.D. McKissick and he caught it in the end zone like if J.D. McKissick was a pure wide receiver. So you're going to see J.D. McKissick receiving the ball a lot this year. So I'm excited for that. You know what I'm saying? Washington football was able to go ahead and troll uh, the Giants, <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it, man. You know what? It was it was our turn to be the guys that are trolling somebody because the Chargers did troll us. They did troll us. So, so, so I love this one right here. I love this one right here. This is this is beautiful. It's classic. Uh, moving on. Moving on. So, you know, this morning. So th this was pretty much um, my morning. Uh, but Baldy. If you guys know Baldy, he does a lot of film breakdowns, and he breaks down the Washington football team a lot. Um, where's the play that I'm looking for? There was a play that they made um, Chase Young look like a kid. You know what I'm saying? And it was Kyle Rudolph with the perfect uh, chip block that had Chase Young on the floor. So I don't know if I can find, find this video, but – if I find it, I'm going to share it with you guys. But, uh, yeah, they just had a pretty good game plan. They had a pretty good game plan. I think this might be it right here. Exact numbers. All so, y'all listen to this. Let me, let me start it over. The great defensive ends that put up big sack numbers all have a variety of moves. But one you got to have is when an, a tackle oversets, you got to be able to get inside. Like, he's got all the quickness in the world to slide and get inside. Now, you start combining that with speed to power with a little swim move, but that right there, you could beat the guard and the tackle. That's special. I won't get into the call, but it affects the throw right there to Sterling Shepard. Okay, so this wasn't the video that I wanted to show, but I remember that Hawk made a, a point. Hawk said that Chase Young – has not been affected. He's been affected. Chase Young has been affected. You're looking at the sack numbers. 
you can't look at the sack numbers. Chase Young does a lot of things like the play, the play that I just showed you guys right now, where he was able to beat two guys to get to the quarterback. And I believe that's when they call the roughing the passer. Um, so Chase Young has been very effective. You're just not going to see a lot of the things that he does in the box score in terms of sacks and things of that nature. But there is a play that, I mean, they had a good game plan for Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And that was where they were able to, you know what I'm saying, um, um, they were able to, like, chip the quarterback a lot. So I really can't find this play. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll share it on the, on the next stream that I do. But I thought I could find it. But I cannot find it. Uh, all right, let me play this one right here. But for the next 15 weeks. Now, watch Bostic. Bostic here, all he's doing is just drawing the center's block. All right, so now you get four one-on-ones. Sweat, pain, Ioannidis, and Chase. All right. To me, the key is Ioannidis. He's the best interior pass rusher. This move, chop, club, and then the power. See, Daniel Jones can't step up. Now, I like Montez Sweat on the right side because I think he's a great long-arm rusher. There it is. That's his long arm. That's what he does best. Stab and then his power. Chase is turning the corner. Payne is beating the left guard. They've all won. There's four wins right there on third and seven. And the result is Daniel Jones has to eat it. That's a beautiful picture if you're Washington. So, man, Baldy is pretty good. You guys need to go ahead and check him out. Um, and he has, like, so many breakdowns. Uh, I couldn't even find the the exact breakdown that I was trying to uh, trying to get to you guys, but okay, here it is. It's late in the game. Here it is. This is the best chip block I've seen in the NFL so far from Kyle Rudolph right here. Like, look that's it. a chip block. Like, look at that. Daniel, there's nobody near Daniel Jones right here because of that. I mean, literally, he could check his emails right now. Maybe even return a few texts if he texts. But <clears throat> end up settling for the field goal here on this drive to go up six. But that chip block, nasty. Chip blocks can be nasty to defensive ends. This is late in the game. So, guys, that's probably going to be the last that I uh, share from Baldy. But, yeah, Baldy is great. And if you guys look at that last video that I just showed you guys, when they did that chip block on Chase Young, it created a huge hole for Daniel Jones to run. Now, here's the problem. When Daniel Jones takes off, you don't see a linebacker in sight. You don't see Holcomb. Davis comes in at the end. But Landon Collins has to come up to make that tackle. So these are some of the issues that we had defensively. But let me go ahead and get through some of these questions. Uh, Turbo says, do you think the defense will continue to give up 300 yards a game uh, to passers? No, I don't think the defense will continue to give up 300 yards a game. I think the defense is going to tighten up. But like I said, it's going to take two to three weeks. Hopefully after week three, the defense should be better. Um, Hawk says the offense executed when they had to, and the Giants just didn't want to leave a defeated leave a defeated club this week. Absolutely, man. Um it says Andrew Stonewall Chase in some uh, series too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a pass rusher isn't going to get to the quarterback every single time. You're going to have battles because if a pass rusher can get to a quarterback every single time, then that offensive lineman shouldn't be in the NFL. So offensive linemen are going to win more than defense always. It's, it's just set up that way. Because if not, then the quarterback will have zero time to throw. We've seen instances where somebody's getting beat repetitively, repetitively. Then you you know, then you add a tight end. Now you're double teaming, you're helping out with the guard. But yeah, Chase Young, he's off to a slow start. He was off to a slow start last year. I think he is doing his job. You know what I'm saying? At least he's creating pressure. He's creating constant pressure. A lot of times you see him uh um get hit. Now, where I would say that Chase Young is messing up a lot in is in terms of like penalties. Sometimes he's you know, trying to jump the gun, but you see that his motor is always moving. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. As long as he continues to move forward and not backwards a lot, then, you know, he's doing something right. At least he's trying. He's trying. I think as the season goes on, you're going to see more and more from Chase Young. And don't be surprised if the defense actually plays the best that it has in three weeks. It might be next week. I'm not saying that we beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm not saying that we lose to the Buffalo Bills, but you might see a much improved defense next week. Sometimes it takes time. Says Baldy's good at what he does. Yes, you guys check out Baldy, man. He is great at film breakdown. Says offensive line is getting beat repetitively. Sounds uh, familiar to me. Absolutely. The offensive line looks bad. Um, the last thing that I'm probably going to share is the game score or the, or the you know, the box score from the game. I think there's a few things that I want to highlight, a few things I want to share, and then I'll go ahead and end this episode. But um, appreciate the energy that you guys are um, giving me in the chat uh, section. If you guys are new, please like, please subscribe, please share. Um, as the channel continues to grow, I'll be able to do more for the people that support so, looking at the box score, Taylor Heineke, 336 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And that one, one interception was the only thing that prevented Taylor Heineke from having a perfect game. I love that he was able to get into his reads. Even that pass that he threw to Ricky Seals-Jones, that was his third read. That was his third read. And, and I loved it because what he wasn't able to do before, especially in the preseason, was making his reads and making that pass. In the preseason, he looked flustered. He looked confused at times. He, he looked like, you know what, I'm going to try to run and make this big play instead of assessing the field, seeing who's available, make your first, second, third read, and make that quick pass. We're seeing more so the Taylor Heineke that we saw from that uh, from last season, you know, that Bucks game, that uh, Carolina game. So, He's trending up. Offensively, Gibson had 13 carries for 69 yards, 5.3 yards a carry. Gibson needs about 20 carries. If we're being honest, we threw the ball 46 times and we passed and we ran the ball 22 times. That cannot happen. You need more balance. I would love to see maybe we run the ball 25 times and pass 25 times, or if we run the ball 30 times and maybe pass. 34 times, 35 times, then that's okay. So you want to see that balance, and hopefully Scott Turner is able to do that. Hopefully we're able to score first. That way we have the lead, and that way it sets up the run. But the run game has been good. It's been good. It's been solid. The run game is working. It's just that Scott Turner is not working the run game. 
Passing game. Terry McLaurin had 14 targets. I need more of that. I need to, I need him to be receiving about 14 to 15 targets every single game. That's what needs to happen. If you're not getting 14 to 15 targets to Terry McLaurin, then, then, then what is your purpose in life? Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to win or are you just trying to play just to play? You know what I'm saying? Herm Edwards says you play to win the game. You play to win the game. So let's play to win the game. Let's be aggressive. Let's 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 take shots. And even though the Taylor Heineke's arm isn't strong, one thing that he can do is he makes accurate passes. He knows how to improvise. He's making uh, – uh, he's just really smart. He's really smart. Even that pass to Ricky Seals-Jones, that was 19 yards. He doesn't have to throw the long bomb 40, 50 yards. If you're giving me 10 to 20-yard passes, completions, accurate, putting the ball to where only the receiver can, can get it, I'm okay with Taylor. I'm okay with Taylor. He needs to stay within himself. And that's really what's going to help us uh, reach the goals that we want to reach. Period. It's not even close. It's not even a debate. J.D. McKissick's usage, beautiful. Six targets. Now, of course, he's not going to get five catches for 83 yards every single game. It's more so five catches for 50 yards. That's the range you're going to see J.D. McKissick in. Logan Thomas, seven targets. Seven targets is good. I would love his targets to be around – Nine or ten, but hey, I'll take seven targets. He caught five for 45. That's Logan Thomas for you. He's not gonna go deep or beat you down the field. Dayami Brown, six targets, three for 34. With Dayami, he makes plays sometimes. You know, Dayami's gonna continue to get better and better and better. The biggest surprise was Adam Humphreys. He made some timely catches for us, he was able to move the chains. So Adam Humphreys, eight targets. I love it. So you see that Taylor Heineke is spreading the ball outside of Terry being his main guy. He can get in trouble by just looking one, you know, just looking at Terry, just like on that interception. Everybody knew where the ball was going to go. So he has to watch that. He has to, like, look off. You know what I'm saying? Look through your reads, and then you can still come back to Terry. So I love the target distribution. Obviously, we're not going to pass the ball 44 times every single game. Now, you look at the box score, and you see – Kendall Fuller with eight tackles, and you say, oh, Kendall Fuller had a great game. He did not have a great game. He did not have a great game. He had he defended one pass. Uh, he got a hit, a hit on the quarterback. He had a sack, tackle for loss, but that was all on one play. That was literally all on one play. Um, so Kendall Fuller lead, leading us in tackle doesn't really tell the story of the game. If you watch the game, you will see the deficiencies that Kendall Fuller had this game. Landon Collins, same thing. He, he was kind of out of place. He wasn't in the right place. Jonathan Allen played the best game that he's ever played in his life. This is the best game of Jonathan Allen's life, in my opinion. Jamin Davis didn't play a lot of snaps. I think he played like maybe 20-something snaps. But from what everybody else is saying, because I couldn't really find him at times on TV. I think he made a, a couple plays that I saw. But outside of that, I was not focusing in on Jamin Davis. And when I did, I couldn't find him. I could not find Jamin Davis on my TV screen. So, but hey, everybody's saying that Jamin Davis is taking is taking strides in a lot of the two linebacker sets. You saw a lot of Holcomb and you saw a lot of Bostic. I believe Bostic played every single snap. It was either him or Holcomb that played every single snap. But either way that it goes, Jamin Davis is not ready, but he continues to get better and better and better. The rest of my assessment of this game. Uh, DeAndre Carter did decent returning kickoffs. Dustin Hopkins 
had a perfect day of kicking, even though we all know what happened if we watched the game. Tress Way was punting the ball, but he couldn't get not one punt inside the 20, but it's all good. I can't really fault Tress Way. Um, offense gave us a boost. I didn't think that we were, we were going to be able to score 30 points. I will take these 30 points. I predicted us with 21 to 24 points. We got 30, so I'm happy there. But defensively, you can't continue to give up 20, 29 points or or or, uh, or be terrible on third downs. We did apply more pressure to Daniel Jones this game, but next game is a whole different animal. Wide receivers are having field days versus us. We shut down Kenny Galladay. He's not as good as people think he is. Um, he had butterfingers. Slayton had butterfingers. The only sure-handed guy for the Giants was Sterling Shepard. Eleven, I mean, ten targets. He caught nine of them. He literally caught everything. He literally caught everything. And had Daniel Jones hit Sterling Shepard on some of those touchdown plays, he would have scored, and the Giants probably win the game. So when you look at the whole scope of the game, we sacked Daniel Jones four times. We applied more pressure, but Daniel Jones killed us. Right here, nine carries for 95 yards with a, a, a touchdown that would have been 70 yards, but it was called back. So a lot of penalties for us. Like I said, Chase Young, these penalties have to stop. These weekly penalties have to stop. Uh, offense needs to tighten up. The offensive line needs to tighten up. Cosme, hey, I'm glad that you're getting some reps. I'm glad that you're getting better. But Cosme kinds of he, – he, he, he scares me sometimes. Our tackles, they scare me sometimes. Um we're creating holes. The, the run game is great. The offensive line are doing great in the run game. But outside of that, I'm not seeing much improvement from that offensive line. So, guys, appreciate you guys hopping on the stream. I had to get on here and give you guys something. I had to give you guys something. Um, instead of me waiting, I said, let me just go, go on now, drop this episode now, and then anything else that I do later will probably be film breakdown or 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 uh, individual player assessing what this particular player is doing and things of that nature. So guys, it's on to Buffalo. We are now uh one and one in the in the division. I think the Eagles lose this week. I think the Giant, I mean the Cowboys lose this week. So by the end of this weekend, we probably come out first place in the NFC East. What matters is winning the NFC East games. So winning the NFC East games are key. You have to win games in your division to be able to win your division, to be able to make the playoffs and get that home playoff game. So guys, this is your guy Manny. This is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Please like, please subscribe, please share. And if you're listening on the audio version, please uh, subscribe to the uh, to the Back Row Redskins Show podcast and please be sure to give me a review, five star. I would kindly appreciate it and I will catch you guys on the next episode.